0: You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast we review the third test between Pakistan and Australia from the Gaddafi Stadium. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast, and let's get started. Let's have a look at the match summary from the third test between Pakistan and Australia from the Gaddafi Stadium. Australia batted first and made 391 in their first innings. Khawaja top-scored with 91. Shah and Afridi took four wickets each for Pakistan. Pakistan in reply in their first innings were bowled out for 268. Shafiq top-scored with 81. And Cummins took five wickets for Australia. Australia in their second innings finished on three for 227 declared. Khawaja top scored with 104 not out. And Shah and Afridi took one wicket each for Pakistan. Pakistan in their second innings needed 350 runs to win. They were bowled out for 235. Al Haq top scored with 70 and Lyon took five wickets for Australia. Australia won by 115 runs and won the series 1-0, and Pat Cummins was named man of the match. What were the key moments and key factors from this third test between Pakistan and Australia? Australia's batting getting to 391 in their first innings, the partnerships of 138 for the third wicket between Khawaja and Smith, and 135 for the sixth wicket between Kerry and Green were all crucial partnerships and contributions to help Australia reach their 1st innings score of 391. Australia's bowling to dismiss Pakistan for 235 in their first innings, which gave Australia a crucial first-innings lead of 123 runs. Australia's batting in their second innings, getting to 3 for 227 declared, which helped them extend their lead and set Pakistan a target of 351 runs to win. Australia's bowling to dismiss Pakistan for 268 in their second innings, which saw them win the third test by 115 runs and win the series 1-0. Those were the key moments and key factors from this third test at the Gaddafi Stadium. Let's have a look at both teams' performances in this third test at the Gaddafi Stadium with both bat and ball. We'll start with Pakistan and their batsmen, Shafiq eighty one and twenty seven, Al haq eleven and seventy, Azhar Ali seventy eight and seventeen, Azam sixty seven and fifty five, Alam thirteen and eleven, and Rizwan one and zero. That's how the Pakistan batsmen went about things in this third Test. Uh, Pakistan's batting in their first innings was poor, which saw them get bowled out for two hundred and sixty eight and concede a first-innings lead of 123 runs to Australia. Pakistan started well. Ali and Abdullah Shafiq added 150 runs for the second wicket, and were looking like getting Pakistan past Australia's 391 and get a first-innings lead. Uh, once those two were dismissed, things started to go wrong for Pakistan, and they succumbed to the pressure of Cummins and Stark, who produced a masterclass in the art of reverse-swing bowling. Uh, Pakistan lost 7 for 20 and lost their last 5 wickets for less than 5 runs, from 5 for 264 to be bowled out for 268. Uh, No batsman from Pakistan couldn't stay in and show any fight or resistance with the bat at all in this first innings when the batting collapse happened. Um, They didn't build any partnerships throughout the innings either, uh, besides the 150 partnership between Shafiq and Ali. The partnerships they had were 20, 150, 44, 34, 8, 8, 4, 0, 0, and 0. Just like we saw in the first innings of the second test at Karachi, Pakistan couldn't play the reverse swing that was being created by the Australian bowlers, in particular from Stark and Cummins, who bowled superbly in that spell when they took nine wickets between them. Um, Abdullah Shafiq, 81, Ali 78 and Babrazam, 67, were the batsmen who showed some resistance at fight with the bat, whereas the other batsmen struggled uh, to show any fight or resistance and get through that tough period of that reverse swing bowling between Cummins and Stark in particular. Um, so all those batsmen I mentioned, they will be disappointed not to convert those starts into big scores. Definitely some big hundreds on the cards there for Shafiq, Ali, and Azam, but they got out at the wrong time and therefore um, the batting collapse started to happen. For Pakistan, with the with the extra bowler that Pakistan had in their lineup, it was their undoing having a quite long tail um, in this Test match. I can understand why they went with the extra bowler and Nassim Shah, meaning an extra bowler. Therefore, the tail is quite long. Um, that was their undoing. I can understand why they did that because they wanted to have an extra bowler, an aggressive move. Last Test match of the series, you want to try and win it. Pick your best team. But they could have done with an all-rounder. The balance of the side was out of whack. And they could have had Fahim Ashraf in the side. I know he has a pretty good record in first-class cricket with the bat. They could have used his services with the bat here. And their tail would have been a lot shorter. But they went with the extra bowler, long tail. And as we saw in the first innings, um, it was their undoing. And it was their weakness. Um, We then headed into the second innings. And Pakistan's second innings started well. In their pursuit of chasing 351 runs to win, it wasn't going to be easy for Pakistan to chase down these runs on a pitch that was showing signs of wear and tear. The ball was spinning a bit, uneven bounce and reverse swing. But if you applied yourself, batting did become a bit easier on this Lahore pitch. But they needed someone to play a Babur Azam type innings like he did at Karachi to have a chance of chasing down these runs. But it wasn't going to be easy uh, the opening partnership between Ahak and Shafiq of 77 for the first wicket got Pakistan off to a good start, but once they departed, as we saw in the first innings, Pakistan started to lose wickets, and Australia were able to put the pressure on them like they did in the first innings. Australia got the ball to reverse swing, um, and that was the key on this Lahore pitch, and Pakistan's batsmen struggled again against the reverse swing, and they couldn't have any, uh, didn't have any answers, I should say, to that, or they couldn't really combat that, or didn't show any vital resistance. Um, they didn't build any partnerships at all um, in the second innings, 77, 28, 37, 23, 2, 46, 0, 13, 6, and 3. It was always going to be hard for Pakistan to chase down these runs at Lahore because the pitch was showing signs of wear and tear, uneven bounce, spin, and reverse swing. So it wasn't a a great performance with the bat from Pakistan in this uh, test match. Obviously, Uh, The reverse swing was their undoing again as I mentioned uh, before and it was always going to be tough for them to try and replicate what they did in Lahore Uh, Sorry, what they did in Karachi I should say. Unfortunately, they couldn't do that here in Lahore uh, like they did in the last innings in Karachi. If they did that in this last innings here in Lahore, they would have won the match, but chasing 351 on a pitch that was showing some signs of deterioration, which was a good thing, because in the series thus far, the pitches have been pretty placid, nothing much happening. But it was good to see the bowlers finally get a bit of assistance and get a bit of help from the wickets um, in this series for once. Um, Yeah, but as I said, nothing much to add on to Pakistan's batting. It was quite disappointing. They'll be disappointed about how they batted. Uh, As I said, there wasn't any fight or resistance Uh, The pressure being built by Australia uh, was telling because when you're chasing on the last day, the pressure does get to you and it does um, become a lot harder to try and draw a test or or, uh, chase down the runs. And for Pakistan, uh, the pressure was showing um, and they just couldn't handle the pressure, um, which is the disappointing thing because they were able to um, deal with the pressure in the last test match in Karachi where Babar Azam got 196 and they were able to bat out that test match for a draw and bat over 170-odd overs to try and save the test match, which they did. But that wasn't going to be easy on this pitch here in Lahore. It was a vastly different pitch to the pitch we saw in Karachi. And uh, it was going to be very difficult for Pakistan to chase down the runs or try and save the test match. And in the end, they got bowled out and... Unfortunately, lost the Test match by 115 runs and lost the Series 1-0. So, yeah, it was disappointing with their batting in this Test match, Pakistan. They'll be very disappointed because they batted so well in this series. You know, the first two Test matches of the series, they batted well. Unfortunately, um, as we saw in the first innings of the second Test and both innings here of the last Test match, the reverse swing was their undoing. And growing up in these conditions where reverse swing is a factor in uh, many games of cricket here in Pakistan, um, it just shows that they need to improve their uh, batting against the reverse swing, against the uh, reversing ball, because they did struggle in this um, in this test match in particular when Cummins and Stark were bowling well. They just didn't have any answers, um, and they were just undone by some great quality bowling, great fast bowling, but also great reverse swing bowling from two great bowlers in Cummins and Stark. Um, also, Pakistan to finish off, to finish off, I should say, on their uh, batting performance before we go and talk about their bowling performance. Um, they had a few um, decisions go against them in terms of DRS reviews. In particular, the Azhar Lee dismissal, that was a bit controversial. Uh, did he hit it? Did he? get a bit of an edge on it. On ultra-edge, it did show a bit of a spike, but a lot of people are uh, disagreeing with that decision. Um, a lot of people said he wasn't out. A lot of people said he was out, uh, agreed to differ. Um, so that didn't go Pakistan's way. Oswald Alam wasted a review um, off his LBW uh, decision, which Pat Cummins got him out, plumb front LBW. He decided to review it and burn a review for Pakistan in the end. He was clearly hitting the off stump. And then he argued with the umpire. I don't know why he argued. Because he was falling over. He was out of balance. um, He hasn't had a great series. And of course, Pat Cummins was going to target his bats because of his technique and the way he's been batting in the series. And that's sort of his weakness. And um, he burnt a review when he was clearly out. And then that comes to the next one with Mohamed Rizwan. Um, Now, he didn't choose to review his LBW decision. And as we all know, after he walked off, um, it turns out the ball was pitching, well, impact was outside the line of off-stump. He didn't choose to review it because he asked Babar Azam. Babar Azam said, no, I think you're out. You might as well just walk off. The reason he didn't review it, because Pakistan only had one review left, but Farwood Alarm burnt up a review. So that's why he didn't go up for uh, the review, because they only had one left. And the test match was getting tight and they needed every review um, possible of Pakistan just in case when, when the match got tight and they needed to review a decision. So he didn't choose to review that. So if those reviews, in particular, Ali, if that decision went uh, with him and against Australia, and if Mohammed Rizwan reviewed his decision, it could have been a different ending for Pakistan in this, uh, in this second innings. But in saying that, um, I don't think it would have made any difference at the end of the day because I think Pakistan would have got bowled out anyway uh, because of the nature of the pitch and how the situation was uh, playing out. So it, it wouldn't have made any difference, but those things went against them. Um, so that could have changed the results slightly. But at the end of the day, I think they were going to get bowled out anyway uh, because the the pressure caused by Australia, the pressure, I should say, being applied by Australia to the Pakistan batsmen, uh, Pakistan couldn't handle it, and they were bowled out cheaply, well, for 200-odd, and um, Australia won the test. So overall, it was a poor performance from Pakistan with the bat in this third test. All the batsmen found it tough to handle the pressure caused by the Australian bowlers, and the reverse swing was their undoing. They will be disappointed after batting so well in the previous two test matches. Let's have a look at Pakistan's bowling performance in this third test. Azam didn't take any wickets. One wicket for Sajid Khan, two wickets for Norman Ali, no wickets for Hassan Ali, five wickets for Afridi, and five wickets to Shah. That's how the Pakistan bowlers went about things in this third test. I thought Pakistan's bowling in the first settings was okay. They were able to take early wickets to have Australia two for eight inside 2.5 overs, then they had Australia 5 for 206 inside 81 overs. Um, Their lines and lengths were consistent, they created pressure on the Australian batsmen, but things started to go wrong when the partnership between Kerry and Green was being established. Um, Alex Kerry and Cameron Green added 135 runs for the sixth wicket, which got Australia back on track in this test match to uh, get to that 391 score in the first innings, which put Australia in a good position in this match. Uh, They didn't build pressure. Their lines and lengths were inconsistent. But they were able to break that partnership, and Australia were 6 for 341 when that partnership was broken to then bowling Australia out for 391. They could have bowled Australia out for 250 or maybe low 300s at that stage, Pakistan. Um, So that partnership really cost them in terms of bowling Australia out for a score in the 250s or maybe high 200s to low three 300s. Um, Nassim Shah bowled well for his four wickets, showing his skills with the ball, especially with the ball uh, reversing, as it did in this test match. I thought he was exceptional for Pakistan. He bowled really well in both innings, um, especially in the first innings. You know, a, a brilliant display of fast bowling, but also uh, reverse swing bowling as well. So he's definitely going to be a very good player for Pakistan in terms of of his wicket-taking abilities, he's going to be a very handful bowler to face uh, for batsmen around the world. So he's only young, but it was great to see him do well in this test match. And I thought he bowled well for his four wickets. Uh, when the ball started to reverse, he got wickets, and uh, he caused some problems for the Australian batsmen. So great to see him developing, and hopefully for him, he'll have a long, prosperous career, and hopefully he'll take a lot of wickets for Pakistan in the future. But great signs... Um, from him in this first test, uh, sorry, in this uh, third test um, here at Lahore. Um, also, I thought Shaheen Afridi uh, bowled well for his four wickets as well. He complimented Shah nicely. Um, and both of them bowled well for Pakistan um, in in this uh, first innings um, of this third test match. Uh, because, obviously, they broke the partnership between Kerry and Green. And they had Australia six with 341. Um, and they were able to take those wickets towards the end and, and Australia had a bit of a mini-batting collapse and Shah and Afridi were the main culprits of that batting collapse and they were able to knock over Australia for 391 after there was six with 341 when they broke the partnership between Kerry and Green. So I thought that was a great effort from Afridi and Shah uh, to uh, to get that job done for Pakistan. Uh, so that was good for, for them in the first innings. But as I said before, they could have bowled Australia out for, for 250, high 200s and, and low 300s. And also Pakistan in that first innings, they dropped a few catches as well and they missed some opportunities in the field which cost them. So that didn't help either. Um, let's talk about their second innings bowling performance. I thought their second innings was poor Pakistan. Their lines and lengths were inconsistent. They didn't build pressure on the Australian batsmen. They were going through the motions because Australia just knocked them over uh, for for 268 in in their first innings when they were batting. They conceded a lead of 123 runs. So Pakistan were just going through the motions, uh, just waiting for Australia to declare and waiting to start their second innings. So nothing really to talk about in their second innings. I thought their first innings performance was okay. Uh, but their 2nd innings bowling performance was quite poor um, at the end of the day. Um, Overall, it was an okay bowling performance from Pakistan. Overall, it was a disappointing performance from Pakistan to end the series on. They will be disappointed to lose the series, but they should be pleased about how they fought throughout the series with both bat and ball. Let's have a look at Australia's team performance with both bat and ball in this third test at the Gaddafi Stadium. We'll start with their batsmen, Warner 7-51, Khawaja 91-104 not out, Labashain 0-36, Smith 59-17, Head 26-11 and 11 not out, Green 79, and Carey 67. That's how the Australian batsmen went about things in this third test with the bat. I thought Australia's batting in their third settings was good. They were able to get to 391 in their third settings, which was a pretty good score in this uh, test match, which put them in a, a good position. Crucial contributions from Usman Kawaja, uh, 91, Cameron Green, 79, Alex Carey, 67, and Steve Smith, 59, were all vital to ensure Australia got to that 391 score in the first innings. The partnerships of 138 for the third wicket between Khawaja and Smith, 135 for the sixth wicket between Carey and Green, those contributions were crucial in terms of Australia getting to that first inning score of 391, which put them into a strong position in this third test. Australia were in, in a bit of trouble in their first settings at 5 for 206, as Pakistan were bowling well and got the ball to reverse, which was the key on this Lahore pitch. Um, at one stage, they, they didn't look like getting the score of 300, maybe 350 or 400 at one stage, But the partnership between Kerry and Green of 135 for the sixth wicket was the key partnership for Australia in this test match. Both of them took their time and they were able to score runs and cash in on some poor bowling at times from Pakistan when they got off their lines and lengths. Without that partnership, Australia wouldn't have won this test match and found it tough to try and force a result in this third test match. The second innings, I thought Australia batted well in their second innings, just like in their first innings, uh, to get to 3 for 227 declared in their second innings. And Captain Pat Cummins declared and set Pakistan a target of 350 runs uh, to win, which I thought was a good timing of when he declared Pat Cummins, and we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, And I thought that was the right time to declare and get bowling. Um, Australia needed to score at a good ru- uh, good run rate to push the game along to ensure they had enough time and enough runs to bowl Pakistan out to win this test match. The pitch, once the ball got older, scoring became difficult on a pitch that was showing signs of uneven bounce, spin, uh, and also reverse swing. Um, Australia needed to be aggressive with the bat. David Warner was the aggressor. With the, with the bat, and got Australia off and away in their second innings, scoring a good half-century of 51. And that set the tone for Australia in their second innings. Uh, the rest of the Australian batsmen, Kawaja Labashane-Smith and Head, were playing with that positive intent and looking to be aggressive and looking to score, which was a, a good sign to see from Australia because they needed to push the game along to make sure they had enough runs to set Pakistan, but also had enough time and overs to try and bowl them out in the last innings. In the end, they did have enough time and enough overs and enough runs to bowl them out in the end. Um, The partnerships of 96 for the first wicket between Khawaja and Smith, 65 for the second wicket between Khawaja and Labashain, and 55 for the third wicket between Khawaja and Smith were all handy partnerships for Australia to get Australia to that 3 for 227 declared score and set Pakistan a target of 350 runs uh, to win. So I thought Australia batted really well in this test match. They've batted well in this series um, thus far, from the first two test matches to the last test match, they've really batted well. Um, let's talk about some some of the batsmen and, and how they went about things. Usman Khawaja. What can you say about Uzman Khawaja? Um, he was outstanding. Once again, outstanding. 91 and 104 not out. Um, he could have easily had two centuries in this test match. Um, he's had a magnificent series. Unlucky to miss out on the first innings after scoring 91, but he certainly made up for it in the second innings scoring 104 not out. It was brilliant to see him just go about his work. You know, he made it look so easy. He was relaxed, he was in cruise control throughout both innings of this Test match. By far, Australia's best batsman in this Test match, but also in the series overall. So I thought he had another great Test match, and he, and his contributions really set up Australia for this victory, a historic victory in Pakistan. Uh, David Warner, I thought he batted well for his 51 in the second innings, his, his innings, and aggressive mindset set the turn for Australia in their second innings as they needed to be aggressive and score runs quickly to ensure they had enough runs to set Pakistan and have enough time to bowl them out. So I thought David Warner, he's had a bit of a mixed series, he's scored a couple of 50s, um, hasn't been at his fluent best at times but when needed he was able to contribute like he did in the second innings here of the the third test match and he was able to um, uh, get Australia into good positions. And especially the opening partnership between him and Kawaja has been very crucial for Australia in this series thus far. So, um, brilliant uh, to see David Water contribute, and hopefully for him, he can uh, build off this uh, series going forward into the future. Um, Steve Smith, he had a tough time of it in this Test match, in the slips in particular, dropping a few catches. Um, and throughout the series, he struggled in the slip cordon. Uh, but he batted well for his 59 um, in the first innings. He'll be disappointed again not to get to the century, uh, but he batted well, um, and his partnership in particular with Kawaja of 50, uh, well, of over 100-plus in the first innings uh, was very crucial in terms of Australia uh, getting to that 391 score. So that partnership he had... With Usman Khawaja of 138 for the third wicket was very crucial um, in terms of Australia getting to that 391 score, which put them in a good position in this Test match. So I thought Steve Smith batted well. Uh, as I said, he'll be unlucky and disappointed not to get to that century. But um, for Australia, the important thing for Australia is that he's scoring runs, and that's the main thing. So hopefully for Smith, he can get that century and get that monkey off his back. Um, Cameron Green, I thought he batted well in this test match to score his first 50 of the series. 79 he scored. Um, his headings and partnership of Alex Carey, 135 for the sixth wicket, was a crucial partnership for Australia. And, and um, that partnership in particular was the key, as I said before. But also Cameron Green, he's really developed as a player in this series with both bat and ball. At the start of the series, he struggled a bit. But in the next two test matches, he he really felt like he got used to the conditions. He understood what he needed to do. And I thought he batted well um, in this test match, um, in particular with his 79. So good work there from Cameron Green. Alex Carey, I thought he batted well uh, for his 67. He backed up his 50 from the, third, uh, from the second test match in Karachi. He backed it up with another 50 here um, at Lahore. As I said before, his partnership with Green... Uh, with Cameron Green was crucial. Um, uh, Good to see Alex Carey finally score runs and score back-to-back 50s. Obviously, he got the 93 in the first innings of the second test match in Karachi. He was able to back it up with a 67 here um, in the first innings of the third test match, which was uh, good to see from Carey. Um, He's got that confidence now, and he believes he can score runs for Australia at test level, which is great signs to see. From Alex Carey. He kept well behind the stumps. So I thought his wicket-keeping throughout this test match and the series was pretty good. Not easy keeping in the subcontinent, but he did a good job. So great to see him uh, finally getting the rewards in terms of the batting side of things, but also with the keeping side of things as well. So good to see that from Alex Carey. So overall it was a good batting performance from Australia, which put them into a strong position in this third test match, which guided them to victory. The Australian batsmen can certainly take a lot of positives from their batting in this series going forward for future tours to the subcontinent. Let's have a look at Australia's team performance with the ball in this third test. No wickets for Labashane, one wicket for Green, five wickets for Stark, eight wickets for Cummins, six wickets for Lyon, and no wickets for Swepson. That's how the Australian bowlers went about things in this third test. I thought Australia's bowling in the first innings was very good and they were able to bowl Pakistan out for 268 in their first innings, which ensured Australia had a big first innings lead of 123 runs. Australia were able to take wickets at regular intervals throughout Pakistan's first innings. They were able to build pressure on Pakistan by bowling dot balls and maidens, keeping the runs down on a pitch. Once the ball got older, it was hard to score compared to the new ball. They stuck to their plans with the ball. Their lines and lengths were consistent. The Australian bowlers were able to get that ball reversing. And that was the key on this Gaddafi Stadium pitch where the ball, uh, once it got older, was very difficult to score off. And where spin wasn't a big factor in this test, but if you got the ball to reverse, then you were going to struggle as a batsman. Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark got the ball to reverse swing and caused all sorts of problems to the Pakistan batsman which saw Pakistan have a batting collapse, which they lost 7 for 20 to be bowled out for 268. Between them, they took 9 wickets. Cummins took 5 for 56, and Stark took 4 for 33. Their spell was crucial and helped Australia grab the ascendancy in this third test. Both of them bowled well, and it was a great sight to see two fast bowlers applying their craft in a top-quality performance of reverse-swing bowling. Sort of reminded us... ...of the days of Wasim Akram and Waqar Yunus... ...when they used to terrorise batsmen in their prime. The other Australian bowlers were able to support Cummins and Stark... ...in the bowling effort in the first innings. Australia's bowling in the second innings was very good... ...and they were able to take 10 wickets to bowl Pakistan out... ...for 235 in their second innings... ...on a pitch that started to break up... ...and showed signs of spin and uneven bounce and reverse swing. Australia set Pakistan 350 run-runs to win and the pitch started to show signs of uneven bounce, spin, and the ball started to reverse. It wasn't going to be easy for Pakistan to chase down the runs. Also, if you applied yourself and spent some time in the middle, batting became a bit easier. Australia knew they had to bowl well and hold on to their chances and couldn't afford to drop their catches or miss their opportunities, unlike what they did in Karachi in the second Test match where they weren't able to finish off the job. Australia found it tough going at the start of the Pakistan innings. The opening partnership of 77 between Al-Haq and Shafiq was digging in and showing some fight. And Australia were able to break that partnership and that opened the door for Australia uh, to take the remaining wickets to win this Test match. Just like the first innings, Australia were able to build pressure on the Pakistan batsmen, bowling dot balls and maidens to restrict the run scoring. Also, Australia were patient and when Pakistan established their partnerships... They were able to remain calm and stick to their plans for the ball. Once Australia got the ball to reverse, they were able to wrap up the Pakistan innings and bowl them out for 235 and win the Test match by 115 runs and win their first series in Pakistan since 1998. So I thought it was a pretty good bowling performance from Australia in this Test match. Um, it hasn't been easy for the bowlers throughout this whole series given how flat the pitches have been. But it was great to see... A pitch here in Lahore, give a bit of assistance to the bowlers and help the bowlers out. And Australia were able to bowl well and um, really take their chances unlike the uh, second test match in Karachi where they weren't able to finish off the job, they dropped catches, they didn't take their chances. In this last test match they were able to do that. Um, A lot of people questioned when Pat Cummins declared. The timing of his uh, moment to declare um, Australia's second innings um, a lot of people said he should have batted on to get to 400 um, in the end it turned out to be the right decision the timing of his when he declared um, to set Pakistan 350 run runs to win I can understand why people said he should have batted on to get to 400 but we've got to think about this logically and we've got to consider the facts and the situation of the match and the, and the theme of the series thus far If Australia did that, if they batted on to get to 400, then Australia would have wasted time and overs that they needed to bowl to Pakistan to try and get them out and get 10 wickets because you need to balance how many runs you have with how much time and overs you need. Um, He dangled the carrot to Pakistan and 351 was more likely to tempt them to chase down the runs than 400 because if, if they set Pakistan 400 runs to win Australia then Pakistan would have shut up shop. They would have just blocked it out for a draw because they know, okay, on this pitch where it's a bit difficult to score runs, ball's starting to spin, there's a bit of une- uneven bounce and a bit of reverse swing. It's not going to be easy chasing 400 runs to win. So we might as well just bat out for a draw. And that's been the theme of the series where Pakistan have sort of gone into that negative mindset. So I think Pat Cummins did the right thing. And I can understand why a lot of people criticized him for that. But at the end of the day, he set them 351 runs to win. He dangled the carrot. Pakistan looked like they were going to go for the runs. And then Australia were able to take the wickets and have a lot of time left uh, to bowl Pakistan out. I think when they took the last wicket Australia, I think they had an hour left to play with 24 overs to spare. So it just shows that they got the balance right there. Right, we had enough runs. We'll set them 351 runs to win. Okay, we have enough overs to bowl them out. Over 110 overs, I think it was, to bowl them out. So, Pat Cummins got the decision right. Um, If he decided to bat on and got to 400, then people would have criticised him if Australia didn't get the job done here and it ended in another draw. People would have criticised him for batting too long. So, there's two sides to the argument here. If he batted on to get to 400... Um, and then people would have said you wasted time, and you wasted time and overs to bowl Pakistan out. At the end of the day, he got the decision. He got the decision spot on when he declared 351. You know, you know, and Australia backed themselves, which was the main thing. He talked about, and I think Usman Khawaja did as well. That the team said, you know, we back ourselves to bowl them out, um, and 351 should be a good target to to defend, and it was in the end. So what I'm trying to say is is that he did the right thing. If he batted on and got to 400, it would have made Pakistan bat out for the draw. And that's what we that's what Australia didn't want to do because they wanted to try and force a result in this test match. Um, he was prepared to lose the game in order to win at Pat Cummins. And then if he, if he batted on to get to 400, uh, which many people said he should have done... Um, then he would have wasted time and overs, and then people would have criticised him for that, just like he, just like in the second test where he didn't force the follow-up. So at the end of the day, I thought he got the timing uh, right when he declared, and in the end, Australia had enough time to bowl Pakistan out. So I thought that was a very good decision from Pat Cummins um, there in order to get Australia a result in this test match, which was brilliant to see after the first two test matches were drawn. Um, I did mention early, I did mention a little bit early on, that Australia took their chances and opportunities in this last uh, test match. Um, Australia were finally able to get the job done in the fourth innings, um, which has been a bit of a rarity for Australia um, in the last few uh, test matches in particular, not being able to bowl sides out. They were able to get the job done here in uh, Lahore, uh, they weren't able to get the job done in Karachi because they missed their opportunities. They dropped some catches um, and they missed some half opportunities to to try and wrap up the Test match there. But they learned from the lessons. They were able to learn from the lessons from Karachi heading into Lahore. And they were able to get the job done, which was fantastic. Um, Australia had some missed chances in the second innings, obviously. Steve Smith had some chances at slip. Uh, throughout the last innings of this uh, Test match, obviously Shafiq, um, he dropped that. He nearly he had that catch uh, off Shafiq that he dropped. Got a bit of a fingertip to it on day four, late on day four at slip. Um, also Travis Head misjudged a catch at mid-wicket off Nathan Lyons bowling uh, when Babar went for a big shot out of the blue um, after tea or just before tea. Um, so Australia had a few missed opportunities there, but they were able to take most of their opportunities that presented, that were presented to them and they were able to finish off the job, which is a good sign for Australia because they have struggled in terms of bowling sides out in the last inning. So it was good to see them get the job done finally in a test match that helped them win the series. Um, also for Australia, the DRS hasn't been Australia's greatest strength in their team in terms of how they go upstairs for DRS reviews. Uh, they didn't review when the ball clipped Babar arm's glove when Steve Smith took an amazing one-handed catch at slip. Obviously, finally, Steve Smith took a catch, but it wasn't reviewed. Um, they wasted some reviews as well. Um, they need to improve their process in terms of the DRS Australia going forward um, in this test match. Um, and also for future test matches especially going to Sri Lanka and in India, they need to improve their process with the DRS because that needs to get better. Um, and I fought in this test match here, at times with the Steve Smith one where Babar clicked clipped the, the glove and Steve Smith took the catch, um, they weren't really convinced. And they need to, you know, make sure that they don't miss out on reviews. That was one they missed out on. Unfortunately for Australia, it didn't really cost them in the end because they got Babar Azam out soon later after that happened. Um, but they wasted some reviews as well. So they need to get better at that DRS process going forward, Australia. Um, I thought all the bowlers did well in this test match. Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Swips, and Cameron Green all played their part. Uh, Pat Cummins led from the front, uh, bowled well. Um, his first innings 5 wicket haul was superb. That spell of reverse swing bowling with Mitchell Stark was brilliant. I thought he captained well in this match. Um, And he just led from the front, so it was great to see him doing his thing. Mitchell Stark, as I said, bowled well. Um, His performance in the first innings was outstanding, getting the ball to reverse. Mitchell Stark, as we all know, can be dangerous when the ball reverses. So it was great to see him uh, bowl well. Nathan Lyon told hard throughout the whole series and in his test match. Um, He had a lot of pressure on him, especially going into the last innings um, of a test match, not being able to get the job done. He proved the critics wrong and he was able to get the job done by taking a five wicket haul in the second innings, which helped Australia win this test match. So great to see Nathan Lyon get rewarded for the hard work he's put in throughout this whole series, where it's been tough for bowlers and especially for spinners in this uh, test series in Pakistan. I thought Mitchell Swepson fought hard. Um, yet again, it was a wicketless test match for him. Um, we've got to remember it's only his second test match. He's learning. He's developing as a player. So I thought he did okay at times in this Test match without luck. Um, But he's got a long way to go and a lot of development. And last but not least, Cameron Green, I thought he bowled well. Um, He took the wicket of Shafiq early on day five, which really set the turn for Australia, really got Australia going in the second innings and they were able to get the wickets and win the Test match. So I thought he bowled well as well, Cameron Green. Overall, it was a good bowling performance from Australia. Everyone played their role and they managed to find a way to take wickets and never gave up. By doing that, they were able to win this Test match and win the Series 1-0. Overall, it was a good, solid performance from Australia with both bat and ball in this third Test match. They batted well and they were able to post a score that put them into a good position. They were able to find a way to take wickets with the ball, which saw them go on to win the Series 1-0. What a Test match we have seen here at Lahore. Heading into the final day where all results were possible, and it was shaping up to be an exciting finish to a historical test series. Australia were able to take all 10 wickets on the last day to win the test match and the series 1-0 to bowl Pakistan out for 235, and win their first test series in Pakistan since 1998. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast, And like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.